Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is right here, right now. That's right, right here, right oh. now. Oh, dang it. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. Sorry if that's stuck in your head. Running the boards is Joey D's. It's stuck in my head. Oh, sorry about that. Sorry about that. On today's show, it's TV Talk with BJ. Lots of television going down, including the season rundowns of Star Trek Discovery and The Expanse. And With BJ- special guest, Joey Dees. Hey. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, some of the other shows include Resident Alien and The Watch. Maybe that more. But, of course, The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Yeah. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Discover blogs, podcasts, and more. Or just search for BJ Shea, uh, BJ Shea's search. Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, and iTunes to find us. No, no, BJ, we sing the more, not the search. I just feel like there should be like rules of three. You're already getting people, you're already getting songs stuck in people's brains over there. Sorry. Um, let's talk about some of the season finales that have occurred. Dun, um, dun, dun. Both including Star Trek Discovery and The Expanse. Thank you for waiting. Yeah. Because Star Trek Discovery happened a couple weeks ago, but The Expanse, we just are fresh on. Exactly, which is kind of fun uh, because both you and your son, Joe, have been watching both pretty religiously. And it's kind of nice because we've alluded to uh, the last episode a little bit of a compare and contrast with it. So I'm very excited to hear what you guys have to say about this. Rev was very smart. He knew that uh, there might be two sides of the argument on this show. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, come on. Wh- who am I if I don't force a wedge between um, family members about sci-fi? Thank you, Rev. So. So, uh, you know, off, a little <laughs> off air, Joey D's, I asked him a question. I said, what do you think is ranked higher on IMDb, the, seri- the season finale of Discovery or the season finale of Expanse? And Joey D says, oh, of course. It's, I'll tell you right now. And all I want to say is that he is so wrong. Really? He is so wrong. I mean, he's way wrong. He is probably not going to believe with one of these shows how highly rated it was. I'm not going to say really? which one. Whether, whether Ooh. It be, I'll let I'll, I'll Joey D's try to figure out what's happening. Uh, let's pull it ashes. I said I thought that Discovery season finale would be liked more simply for one reason on the Expanse, and it's not really Expanse's fault. So that's a little spoiler. Yeah. Little, yeah. Little that was an it. interesting thing that uh, yeah. Yeah, will come to light very soon on that. Um, let's start with Star Trek Discovery. Discovery. Yes, sir. How'd you guys feel about it? I um, I really liked it. I can understand why people have a problem with it, because they just never like the villain. And the villain was an Orion Syndicate. Those are the green folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the villain was an Orion Syndicate person. And so they, a lot of folks just haven't liked her all season long. And it was played by Margot Kidder's, uh, Kidder, Kidder's daughter or granddaughter. or, or I, I, Her name is uh, Janet Kidder. And uh, she played a character called Osira. And I... Uh, Look, I thought she did a pretty good job. I actually liked this villain, but they just, I guess, wanted something that was somebody who was more villainy, like, you know, basically like the old Captain Proton villain if you watch Voyager, you know, (laughs) I'll show you, you know, and she was just like, hey, man, I'm kind of a sociopath lady and I really, but I want to do good for my people. She even wanted to have an alliance with the Federation. And uh, for those nerds out there, uh, Janet Kidder is the niece, the niece. of Margot Kidder. There so she's go. the aunt. Who is Lois Lane from the old Superman Absolutely. movie. Absolutely. Yep, yep, totally. So I liked it, I, but I can understand why people didn't like it. Uh, it was warmly received to almost tepidly received by MD, IMDb. They only gave it like six, six stars out of ten for the most part. Uh, the whole season really did not get loved by a lot of people. I actually liked the season. I went back and watched it all over again. As soon as I watched that last really? episode, I go, let me go back and watch it in its full glory. And uh, I really liked it. 
The great thing was that finally Michael Burnham got to be captain of the Enterprise. She was, not the Enterprise, I say Discovery. Oh. It's been a three-year process, but she finally was officially put in the captain seat. And that was one of those things that I was kind of wondering in terms of if they would ever do that, because I think you made allusions to the fact that they didn't necessarily want to ever do that with uh, with uh, the character. It seemed that way. It seemed like it was going to be just like Snape. You know, we would never have a, a, a regular, you know, I, I should say the potion of the dark arts teacher, not yeah. Snape, but we would never have a potion of the dark arts or a captain of Discovery. It would always be somebody different. Um, Joe, how'd you feel about the uh, Discovery finale and uh, the season in general? Man, the season was okay. I don't think I liked it as much as I could have. At the beginning, I was like, yay, they're going to do new things. And then they kind of fell into this really weird spot where they didn't want to have Michael be the captain. But then at the end, they they gave her the captainship. And they didn't do it in a way where it was like a buildup. They just gave it to her at the end. It was literally like the captain is just gone for no reason. And then oh. they're like, oh, we know we weren't going to have you be captain because you've made all these mistakes. And I kind of brought them up a bunch, but you were right about what you chose to do, so we're going to make you captain, which isn't like not a Star Trek thing per se, but it's not really the theme of where the show was going. It kind of reminds me a little bit uh, in the last Star Wars movie uh, when Poe Dameron just immediately becomes, after all of his failings in The Last Jedi, uh, that he's just like, no, you're still going to be a squad leader. Don't worry about it. Nah, nah, nah. And I will say this, because I've been watching a lot of Star Trek. I've been binge watching <laughs> Deep Space Nine, and I'm currently yeah, binge watching have. Voyager. And, of course, I watched the original series so much, along with Next Gen. And I will respectfully disagree. And, and my son is not the only one. Joey's not the only one with this attitude. But people just seem to forget the renegade nature of a lot of Starship captains, including Benjamin yeah. Sisko, who basically was okay with the murder of a Romulan ambassador in order to further what he needed to have done. He said, I can live with it. He didn't know exactly that's what was going on, but he worked with basically a spy for the Cardassians, a guy from the Obsidian Order, Garrick, who's a great character. So, and, and Janeway did some sketchy stuff. And of course, Kirk was the king of doing sketchy stuff, which they even addressed oh, in Next yeah. Gen. He really so was. I feel like Michael Burnham gets really judged harshly for, she did stuff that turned out to be very right. And if people listened to her, you know, maybe we wouldn't have been in the, the S that we were in. Um, and therefore, finally, I think the Admiral realized, you know what? You really should be in charge of the ship. You did some things that I thought you shouldn't do. Turns out you were right. Um, and <laughs> But you know what? Every, people don't believe that's really true. I kind of see the other side of it. But you know what? It's an argument that I think is valid on both sides. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing. And then the other thing is, in my opinion, they pull a Game of Thrones. They do the whole thing where this season they build you up and they tell you that the main bad guy is going to be the Night King and then they go and fight Cersei instead. And it's like that's not the storyline you've been going with with this season. Like the oh. idea is about this big burn thing that happens and it's not even the last episode really. The last episode's yeah. about her fighting the uh, – what's her name? Yeah, uh, Osira. Osira. It is a letdown for a lot of people. Oh, okay. I, I know where they were going because I watched the ready room as far as the source of the burn, which basically all the dilithium. And a lot of people are fighting about that dilithium. The dilithium didn't blow up. The dilithium went inert. And when dilithium goes inert, then the matter and antimatter get together and blow up. Oh. So okay. that, yeah. So a lot of a lot of <laughs> folks right. said I don't get it, but it's like no. You, you go back and watch the episodes. You'll see that that you're wrong about what you thought happened. But the bottom line is, is Joe's right. You just assumed it was a malevolent reason or a malevolent force behind the fact that they basically crippled everybody in the Federation and other places. And that was a letdown when you found out. Oh no, it was just basically a whiny kid because he's he's missing his mom. Which, oof, yeah, if you yeah. put it like that. I mean, really, it really is that. I mean, it's. I think it's a fascinating behavioral science journey 
But if not everybody's into behavioral science journeys, you're going to have a lot of people going, this sucked. And if you don't do any research or watch any of the after shows, there's no way you're going to get that either because it's poorly done. Like, that's the thing that made me mad about it. I'm like, I get what you're doing here, but you did not explain that in the show because this is you decided to go in a different direction. So it's like at the end of the episode, you're, you just realize, oh, they kind of got lost in the sauce and then decided to wrap it up with an easy, here's Osiris, she's the bad guy. We're just going to have you fight her because you'll at least understand that resolution as opposed to the other one where you're like, my God, why did you do it this way? And the worst part about it for me is they're fighting on or they're not fighting, but they're trying to solve this burn issue on a planet of Dilithium, which would be worth trillions of dollars in this timeline. Right. You could just have all the people fight there. Like that is your main point of contention. If you want the you know, Osira who shows up and the Star Trek people who show up and the, you know, the Federation fight there like that can be your main point where everyone goes oh hey we found it we now know all right we didn't know it was here during the whole season so now we'll fight over that as opposed to the burn being the big deal while the burn leads you to the the lithium deposit makes sense nope that's not what happens osiris steals the ship she uses the the blink drive to go fight the federation then tries to sign the peace treaty can't sign a peace treaty then doesn't somehow use the blink drive that is the most important thing in the universe right now i just i I assume that i'm like none of these characters are making logical sense i will say this uh, and we referenced earlier uh, in an earlier episode to go check out mr science who is basically a dude that mr sci-fi yeah him too mr sci-fi who used to write for (laughs) star trek the next generation and he has a space command kickstarter go check that out um he did talk about the fact that, you know, when you wrote episodes for one-offs, which basically what Star Trek used to be because of syndication, they couldn't have story arcs, which is why Deep yeah. Space Nine is an amazing show because they buck that trend even though the syndication people go, why are you doing this? You can't. <laughs> are you crazy? The shows are going to be shown out of order or some people won't get to see them all. What are you doing? Um, he said you could have bad writing in those shows because ah, you get a couple of bad episodes, but then you get a couple of good episodes. Yeah. Trouble is, is when you have a story arc, if it is a bad story arc, you've ruined the whole season and that's his main complaint about discovery because it's it's story arc show and he does make a point it's like your 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 basic margin for error is really tough and a lot of people are upset because of that and i can't fault joe for that because they said we're gonna do this and what joe didn't understand and i get it it's kind of like are you expecting people to watch all these after shows is that what you're doing when you're when you're actually shooting this because it is very frenetic it's almost like I'm not going to get all this even myself. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to get who likes the show. I'm not going to get all the connections. Then I go watch the after show and Michelle Paradise, who I do love and think she's a fantastic showrunner, will tell you, here's what we were thinking. And they have this huge thing that's basically about the world today and disconnection when it talked about the device, the device of nature of people via politics and whatever else. That was their overarching theme for the season. But Joe, if he's not picking that up at all because you're just not doing that great of a job telling it because of the frenetic nature, you're going to have a lot of pissed off fans that don't know what you're trying to do. I was like, oh, I saw what you're trying to do. And then I went back and watched the season. Oh, they kept talking about connection, connection, connection. Now I picked up on it. But I yeah. actually didn't pick up on the connection issue when I was watching the show. It just went too, there's too much going on. I think, uh, I I mean, it was kind of the invention of the Talking Dead sort of thing that kind of like blew up all these after show stories, sort of things like that, where you get that water cooler talk sort of thing that goes on with that. And maybe that is kind of like they're just now more shows are just going to lean on that. And we're like, well, we'll just explain it to you afterwards and we'll do our quote-unquote art as we want to. Writing writing for the hyper fan. Well, I think that's the problem, right, is that when you're doing a show, it should be somewhat simplistic because 
I'm not in the room as you're discussing these episodes as a writer being like, all right, we have this really cool idea. You want to see my huge vision board, right? Like, I don't get the vision board of your 3,000-hour process to make the show. I get 60 minutes. So if you can't tell the story in 60 minutes, it's going to be bad. And that's not to say that you don't have a good idea. It's just tough. It's You know, it's very bizarre, Rev, because... Marvel definitely is writing to the fans with WandaVision. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. But the fans seem to be in agreement for the most part. And these are the hyper fans. Yeah. Now, with Star Trek, the trouble is, is they have hyper fans. But these guys are not writing to them so much as they're writing to the new fans. Because the idea of marginals, marginalized people and inclusiveness. I mean, they have the first non-binary character in this latest season. They have mm-hmm. the first trans character in the season. Who the, the, the actors are, in fact, non-binary and trans. And they are playing non-binary and trans characters as well. This is a huge thing. No doubt about it. They're writing this way. And no doubt about it is a huge issue that I think would be addressed in the world of Star Trek, just like when we had Uhura being the first African-American that was actually a command officer, Mm -hmm. which was a big thing. The problem is, is that you've got all these fans that are used to a certain style of writing and they're not writing to them. They're writing to the new fans that are frenetic people that will watch after shows. Yeah. And we weren't raised with that. And there is a problem. You're not really writing to all the fans of this huge franchise. I'm not sure what to do about that because Joey definitely is like, where is like my Voyager show? Where is my Deep Space Nine? What, how, what, what are you doing? It's a little bit of that. And it's also I think the premise for the season just was never going to play out well. I don't think that you can convince people, even in the world of Star Trek, that a child on a planet alone. A could, whiny baby could, who's missing could, his mama. Could cause <laughs> such a disturbance in the universe to that point. Yeah. Again, they explain it. And they make some theoretical leaps, but it is based on science. So it's not like I hate it, but it, that premise is just tough. It's like, okay, what if a kid had a button and blew up the, uh, a couple planets? It's like, well, how are you going to explain that? It's not his fault. There's no <laughs> real payoff. I get that you know right. you're trying to explain it emotionally and psychologically, but that just premise I think is a, is just not a good one. And it looks like there will be a season four. That is the you know what Rev? There's a lot of rumors about that. Really? Yeah, there's a lot. I, I you know because they spent ten million per episode on this. The way the uh, series ended, the season ended, you could have ended the series. Really? Yeah, it, it started off like the end of any Star Trek movie where Kirk will go, hey, the, the left star, let's go there. Oh, yeah. You know, or, you know let's see Last what's star out the there. Left and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. let's see what's out there. She ended the show with sitting in the captain's chair and they go, okay, what's your first order? And she goes, let's fly. It could have been it. It's just like it could have been here's the, her journey. Because really, her story arc went from mutineer to now captain of a ship. It could end there. There's money issues. Netflix is pissed because they're not making as much money because they don't have the U.S. rights to the show. They can't broadcast them, but they okay, have it overseas. Yeah, because it was on all access. But or, they have it yeah. overseas, and Netflix, I guess, gave the secret door who produces the show a lot of money, and they're like, mm. dude, we gave you a lot of money. You're making beautiful episodes, but we're not making any money because CBS, unfortunately, has the American rights. So they don't know if if season four will be massively delayed or will it never come because of the massive delay. Well, maybe there are rumors. Maybe that's why they kind of realized that or something and kind of tried to put at least a bow on it. Yeah, they bowed that ending, no doubt about it. Uh, How did you guys feel about The Expanse uh, as a contrast on that? I will let Joe go into this one because he he and I have definitely (laughs) been watching it going. But here's it's a story of a show. That does not have a $10 million episode budget. That's yeah. a fact. And it originally started on Sci-Fi, correct? And yeah. then moved to Amazon Prime? Yeah. Okay. Oh, and, 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 and I think it, we, it has to be said, they do not have that kind of budget. 
So they got to do things that sometimes you go, do you really have to do this? It's like, yeah, I think you probably have to. You got to fill time. <laughs> I am shocked how slow this season got after the first four or five episodes, because in those episodes, Earth gets hit by asteroids. Millions of people die. Cities are exploded. Uh, there's essentially a gigantic race war between Martians, Belters and Earthers. Yeah. Then we spend the next three or four episodes with essentially two characters, maybe three of the main five, all on ships, all in a separate areas. All on a journey to go find each other, and almost nothing happens. <laughs> like it's yeah. just like a what? it's just like they're all struggling to yeah. figure out how they're going to have enough fuel to get to each other. Essentially, the biggest complaint about season four was nothing was happening for so much that I think they front loaded season five's episodes to be able to shut us up. Okay, and to the point they did. We thought Joe and I were like, "This is season's really great." And then they were like, oh, no, it's not. My favorite thing actually has been in the last couple of weeks have just been like, uh, you know, we our normal show, like it's just the weekday operations. Like we'll just be doing stuff. And like during like a commercial break or something, you and Joe will just be sitting there talking and somewhat confused about something and trying to suss stuff out. And I'm like, oh, I know what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a 10 episode season and it is obvious to me that something's amiss in the, or they're stretching or something because they, they easily could have told this story in seven episodes. Oh, yeah, easily. Yeah. Um, and then we get to the real tragedy of the season finale. Starts off great. It's looking good. And then they just randomly kill off a main character, and it was the least expected one. It was bad. It, uh, it, 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 this was an editing nightmare. He got a stroke in the middle of flying just randomly. Like, all of a sudden... There's a scene, his nose starts bleeding, he's dead. And and, and I'm just in shock. I, I, I can't believe it. I'm like, this is the worst season finale of all time. You can't just kill a character off for no reason. Yeah, yeah. it was lame as all hell, but then Joe did a little digging. Yeah, I literally paused the show, and I, and I knew it. I'm like, <laughs> this guy got fired or he quit, like on, on the spot. And yeah. unfortunately, there was some sexual mis you know, misconduct or something, allegations against him. So much oh. to a private investigator was hired, Whoa. I heard, and so... They had to reshoot that one scene and then just cut him out because they had already finished filming. And so he's oh, no longer on the show. Geez. Yeah, it is. The, the cancel culture nature is so powerful that shows just can't take a chance. They just be like, look, we, you know yeah. what? If they're, it's unfortunate because you're innocent until proven guilty, but it doesn't matter. You don't get a chance to let the person go through due process because the shows can't, they don't want the negative backlash because cancel culture says, look, you need to get rid of this person now. So I don't blame them for doing that because that's just where we are right now. I mean, un un unfortunately, movie th movie people have to just sacrifice what they were doing to go. All right, well, you know, uh, this is what we're they have to scramble. It's just we had a whole story. We don't have time to fix this because of what just happened. And it was a horrible season finale because of it. And this is the best part. The first half is like these sweet space battles. Everyone's fighting. All the ships are getting together, and then the second that scene happens, you can kind of tell they're like, oh, man, so we can't have them in any of the scenes, and all the characters ha haven't met up yet because we're not at the end of the episode, so we're going to have them, like, kind of get together and mention it. Ah, you know what? They'll just ignore it, and I'll get on the ship. And they don't even say a lot about the character. It's like... It's hardly acknowledged that he died, which, I again, the actor, we understand. The human being that's going through what he's going through, if he did what they say he did, what a, you know what, throw him, in, throw him in jail for as long as you can because it's horrible. But the character, we've all fallen in love with his character. So, and, and again, I didn't know till Joey told me. So here I am watching a finale. This character I really liked a lot. 
Then they go, okay, he died, his nose is bleeding, and then everyone's at a party, and, and one guy goes, yeah, you know, that was how, that's how things happen. Yeah, and that was it. It was just like, what? That's you, all you're going to say about the character? You're what right. the F? It is so bad. They're, they're at a fancy party, and like, this is what we live for. And you're just sitting there, and you're like, I'm really confused. This was like one of their most beloved friends. And this, he's like the nicest guy on the show, too. Oh. It, is, it is Rise of Skywalker level of, oh, we botched trying oh, to figure this yeah. out. Yeah. It's, it, and so, and again, I don't fault them because, look, we live in a society where if you do some horrible things— People are going to be like, you are going to be brought to justice. And so movie companies want to know that they're, you know, they, they support people being brought to justice. But it did wreck the season. I mean, it really I mean, this season was building up towards some amazing things. And this was what a beating. Yeah. What, a, what a beating. And it's great because at the end of the episode, well, it's great. I should say the ending is great to this episode because finally the Belters give the proto molecule to the Martians after we find out that it wasn't destroyed. And then the Martians take it through a ring in an attempt to restart an entire planet and essentially bring back this old ancient technology and all all the mystery around this dead alien race. So there's a huge cliffhanger, and it's freaking awesome. And I'm sitting here just thinking, man, they got screwed on this season finale because even though it was slow towards the end, it would have been a really great payoff. Indeed. Yeah, the, basically, the protomolecule is like the Philosopher's Stone. You yeah. know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. And the idea was that they like, we shouldn't have any of this. We're just going to destroy the Philosopher's Stone. If nobody has it, it's better for all of the people. Uh, mm. Trouble was is that now people never still wanted the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, never Stone. how that works out. Yeah, so the protomolecule. <laughs> the yeah. So, uh, and we finally at least did get to see, there, there was some, to me, I was like, I don't understand why the Martians are behaving the way they are because they're really like cooperating with terrorists. I don't get this. Um, but yeah, this got a this episode and pre- was given a nine out of ten by 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 IMDb. <laughs> and the Star Trek series finale and the and the season finale uh, was given maybe a six out of ten. And I completely am like, okay, I'm sorry. I think you know, I think I would give them both a seven out of ten. I really right, would. Yeah, right. I, I really would. And, I mean, seriously, Rev, I mean, Joe and I used to joke around. There's one character who, by the way, I mean, you know, uh, Naomi Nagata, who's played by Dominic Tipper, who did, she did it. She does a great job. Um, but we saw her basically go into the airlock, come out of the airlock, go into the airlock, come out of the airlock. Oh, so hokey many, pokey. Yeah, she hokey pokey. We like, we get it. She doesn't have air. She keeps running out of air, and she has to try to accomplish tasks without running out of air. After you show me for the fourth time, I get the process. I think they, I counted. I mean, she literally was counting all the hashtags on her wall, and I'm like, don't bother putting hashtags to show you how many times you've done it, because they're going to show us every time you do it. I'll count for you. And I'm like, okay, this is like right up with Doctor Who going, we have 20 extra minutes, so it looks like Sarah Jane's going to have to trip and be cap- and captured again. And, and then we're going to have to see her in prison and get rescued because we don't have we don't have anything else. It's just frustrating That's to hilarious. watch that on TV. It's like we get it. Jeez, what are you doing, people? Uh, quickly, uh, thank you for that, guys. Also, quickly, BJ, uh, just a couple of the other shows that you've been watching, including Resident Alien with uh, Alan Tudyk. Yeah, it's on Sci-Fi, and it is a fish out of water story. He plays an alien who uh, I, I I'm going to tell I'm going to tell you this. He plays a malevolent alien he is coming to earth for a very bad reason but you know what weather is weather and sometimes weather strikes your ship and sometimes your ship crash lands and sometimes you're like oh am (laughs) omg i'm (laughs) sometimes stuck yeah and uh so alan's got two jobs uh and that is he needs and so his his species definitely looks like aliens but he has the ability to look like a human being okay it's a painful process we oh. see that he goes through some pain, and um, but he doesn't know anything about our culture. He's watching, uh, I think it is, uh, 
What's the show that goes cha-chong? The detective show is that CSI? Uh, or maybe something. a Law and Order. No, law and Order. It's Law yeah, and Order. Thank you. Yeah, he yeah, watches yeah, yeah. Law and Order to learn how to speak English. Oh God! And mm. there's let me tell you, he knows nothing about our culture. He knows nothing about anything. So the idea when he interacts with human beings, they want him because he's the only doctor in town because the doctor, their doctor, was murdered. So it's a small town in Colorado. Oh wow! And they go find him and go, dude, listen, man, we need your help. And he's like, what do you mean? What's going on? He's because he's taking over the other doctor's body, basically, oh. or, or he's taking over the, the the role. Yeah, well, we need you to solve a murder. He goes, you should get to the doctor. He goes, it's the doctor that was murdered. And he's like, okay. This is <laughs> and he's like, this is my first big test. I've never really been around humans. I mean, I look human, but okay. Uh, Alan Tudyk is great because he looks weird. You know, he has a great yeah, weird look. Yeah, he does kind of look weird, yeah. And he, and, 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 the, and he looks awkward, and he's perfect for this role. It's a funny, but it's dark. It's dark and funny, and so that's on sci-fi. And then uh, the other show you were asking me about was uh, The Watch. The Watch is a real fun show. It says if Game of Thrones met, um, oh, okay, a science fiction show that I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, it's if Game of Thrones met a really cool science fiction show. All right. Uh, <laughs> and it's got that sort of nature in, in, in it at all. It's, it's high fantasy. Okay. Uh, maybe if it's The Walking Dead met Game of Thrones. I don't know. It, it's, there's not zombies in it, but I mean, there's. It's really grungy, but it's it's basically a fantasy world. But really, it's not going well in this fantasy world. Like everybody's like down on their luck. It's a post-apocalyptic. You know, maybe oh, if it's Mad Max wow. met Game of Thrones, I don't know. Yeah, this is based off of just looking out here, based off of Terry Pratchett's Discworld exactly. novel. So, yeah. a group of misfit cops rise up from the decades of helplessness to save their corrupt city from catastrophe. Yes, it's Whoa. it's a fun show. Uh, you know what? IMDb is giving it like six out of ten for the most part. Mm-hmm. But I, you know what? If you get into the characters, which I've given it time, uh, they're over the top. Some of them. I mean, uh, it really is. It, it's fascinating. Uh, the guy that plays the the main character, which is uh, Vimes, uh, he uh, he is really like almost over the top. What he his character, but. I mean, I don't know if he's just quirky and out of his mind and whatever, they, but he's in charge. But it's a police force that has no power mm-hmm. because there are guilds that have been orchestrated by the government that says there's a thieves guild and an assassins guild and this guild and that guild. And as long as they have uh, as long as they have a certificate, they're able to go kill people and they're able to go rob people. And so they're actually legally able to do a lot of things. Oh. And somehow that is controlled crime more so than any police force ever could. So they're just stuck with, like, getting random dogs that are, like, you know, breaking the law, people not walking on a leash. So the watch is basically a useless force until S goes down, and there's a dragon that's been released, and now they have to go get these artifacts. Oh, you said dragons. All right. I like dragons. Let's do it. And uh, (laughs) it's really fun. There's a lot of great voice actors. I do believe Tom Baker uh, from Doctor Who was a voice in this somewhere. And and there's another voice. uh, Gosh, uh, I can't remember his name, but he's the boss from the IT crowd. Sort of like the dude. (laughs) I forget his name, but the the dude was so great. He was so, and I'm I'm sorry I don't know his name. I don't, and I don't have my cast list in front of me. Oh, that's fine. But he plays, he plays a good part, but he's a voice. A lot of great, a lot of great characters. And you ought to check that out. That's on sci-fi. Awesome. Thank you so much. And now it is time. I mean, it's on. On BBC America, excuse me. There we go. Yeah. Now it is time for The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what's going on? So one of my favorite things is finding about that celebrities that you wouldn't think are nerds are huge nerds. 
one of the big ones for me, and hopefully I don't take away from uh, this list you have, would be so. the fact that uh, Vin Diesel is a gigantic D&D nerd oh, yeah. and has uh, DM'd his own games and stuff like that. Oh, and John Manganiello from... Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, Joe Manganiello, excuse me, from Magic too. Mike. Yeah, yeah, Magic yeah. Mike Huge and True D&D Blood nerd. and stuff like that. Yeah. John Manganiello, not so much. No. But Joe. <laughs> Joe, he, he's all about it. Another one who's a huge nerd, Michael B. Jordan, huge anime nerd. Oh, like, yeah. Huge. Didn't know that about him. But one I really didn't know, like they have to be a huge nerd if they're doing this, Idris Elba. Really? Really? So apparently, you guys know what Crunchyroll is, right? Yeah, it's an animation network. So uh-huh. basically, the it'll, streaming service. Yeah, a streaming service that'll play a bunch of uh, anime all over the place. And it's, a, it's one of those, if you're an anime fan, it's one that you should subscribe to. Right. And so apparently, Crunchyroll inked a deal with Idris Elba and his wife, Sabrina Elba, for dark fantasy animated series. Oh. So the uh, streaming service tops about 4 million paid subscribers already. Uh, and apparently, they recently, I think, uh, Sony... Uh, acquired, uh, like I think there was some sort of uh, acquisition there going on for like one point two billion dollars or some crap. Yeah, like that. from something, something. Yeah, from Sony's like Funimation Group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they inked the deal to develop a show called uh, Dantai, which is a working title, which is through Idris's Green Door Pictures and Sabrina's Pink Towel Pictures. So. They are doing all kinds of stuff. This is going to be an Afro-futuristic sci-fi series set in a city where the rise of biotechnology has created an ever-widening gap between the haves and the have-nots. And yeah, and I mean, that's a sort of constant thing that goes along the lines of anime. If you think of like Alita, um, Mm -hmm. and it's very reminiscent of that show that we watched that was kind of like that, and I can't remember the name of it, Uh, with the people with the stacks. Oh, oh yeah, Altered yeah. Carbon. Yeah, Altered Carbon. Yeah. The first season had uh, had a floating city in the sky, essentially, sort right. of thing. And floating like, city. It's kind of like a normal anime premise when it comes down right. to it. it. But this is anime. This is yeah. going to be yeah. animated. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So two rising stars from each side of this divide are pitted against each other in a story that will ultimately explore equality and kinship within a corrupt society, Ooh. which is really awesome to see. I feel like, obviously, because anime is more of the uh, like Asian-inspired and stuff, but there is mm-hmm. a big... Um, section of Afro anime that, like, mm-hmm. if that's the correct terminology, that there's a lot of people that would love to see that representation in anime, and we're seeing it more and more with even the style. Like, I think the the Boondocks yeah. kind of had that anime esque style to it where it came from. So it's really awesome to see this sort of thing happening, especially with somebody as big as Idris Elba. Like that oh, is pretty absolutely, badass. Absolutely, yeah. Also, I thought it was, like random. He's also a DJ. He's a DJ? Yeah. Like, like a, Wiki Wiki? Yeah. Like, Ghost <laughs> does, like, the big uh, shows and stuff. All like, right. So it's it's crazy when you think of these guys. He looks so, like, put together and probably sips tea and smokes cigars, that kind of a thing. It's like, no, I want to go to a rave festival and uh, put on some anime. One of my favorite things <laughs> that I've done, uh, speaking of, like, the DJ set, was the fact that I got to see Christian Nairn, who was Hodor, Hodor. in uh, Game of Hodor. Thrones. He's done a couple of shows in Seattle. Uh and, and he's a house DJ, and it was super fun to be able to experience stuff like that. One of my favorite videos that came out last year was when they, we all got quarantined and Shaq started DJing for his kids. <laughs> and I'm like, this is incredible. You just never know who's going to do these kind of things. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, so we don't really talk about anime too, too much. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to also kind of run down a list since we did talk about Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. He came out a list with of his favorite animes and why people should be watching them. And a lot of these, I feel like, are what Joe and I grew up on. Oh, okay. So, first one being uh, Naruto. 
Yeah. Naruto, however you'd like huge. to per- pronounce it. That was one that I didn't quite get into when it was going on. And now all I know is the memes of the Naruto run. The yes, run. The yeah, run. where everyone's like the arms behind them right. like they're flying. I have uh, friends who wore the headband. <laughs> yeah, me too. If you guys are curious what it's about, think Harry Potter, but with martial arts. Yeah, all right. Yeah. That's basically it. Uh, one that was really big in my household, thank you to my brother, Dragon Ball Z. Oh, dude, yeah. That's one of those. I mean, the joke is that uh, they'll have one fight that lasts an entire season while everyone yes. is powering up. Exactly. Like, it, I feel like you could probably make that a lot shorter. And that was the one thing I didn't really like. I'm like, come on, I want to see that. He's got to reach power 9,000. It's over 9,000. <laughs> Just remember there being so many terrain shots in that in that yeah. series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Filler. And if you've never done the Kamehameha and, like, try to blast something, <laughs> then you are a, a dork like me. Anywho. <laughs> Another big one. This one came out not too long ago, 2013. Attack on Titan, which oh, I feel yeah. like was yeah, everywhere. Absolutely. It, I saw a few of the uh, stills and stuff. No, you no, wouldn't like no. it just because it's kind of a body horror side sort of thing, where it's like giant, like just basically giant meat puppets that mm-hmm. go and destroy things. Meat puppets. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word. No. I know, but yeah. I mean, it at least it's gives accurate. you a visual. That makes me think of something completely different than <laughs> what you're trying to say. Now I'm curious, Joe, if you were into this uh, mobile suit Gundam wing. Nope, this was not me. You didn't like uh, the big old Gundams, and mind you, there is a lot of different Gundam shows. Is that uh, Ultraman? Uh, was he a Gundam? No, but it's kind of along those same lines. Um, what is a Gundam. A Gundam is a giant mech suit. Think of, Ultraman um, was more of just kind of like a. It was just a giant robot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like I think the best example would be what's that show or that actually Idris Elba was in that movie Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim. Yeah. That's exactly so what. Kind of like oh, those, but those they've got those. like the jetpacks and they can usually fly uh, and like kick ass. Suit. And depending on the mm-hmm. series, like uh, like I I didn't really watch Gundam Wing. I watched G Gundam with my brother. And each there was the American character, and there was the German guy, and there was the guy from mm-hmm. Japan, and so they all had different styles. Like somebody had a sword, somebody had this. It was really cool. So, like the American obviously had funky hair and guns. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's all about in America. <laughs> and, funky hair and guns. And last one on Michael B. Jordan's list is Gundam Wing Endless Waltz. Oh, so he does like the Gundam. Oh yeah, that's so. funny. Well, he likes the Gundam style. <laughs> Oh, okay. No? Okay. Nice nice relate from 2012. I, I mean, I did. Well, you know, listen. <laughs> these are all older, aren't they? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, for me, some quick recommendations. Uh, one that's pretty short, uh, Trigun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really good, fun, short series that is basically a steampunk western anime style. Obviously, I'm going to love that. Also, a couple of recent ones, Avatar. Mm-hmm. Of course. And Legend of Korra, both set in the same world. And both are fantastic and have three and four seasons, respectively. I mean, you got Sailor Moon, which is on Hulu. Pokemon's on Netflix, the first series. Um, As well as Fruit Baskets. I wish there was more of them. Uh, Definitely, (laughs) like, I'm going back to, like, 15 years ago when I was in high school. Damn. (laughs) Anywho, guys, until next time, stay nerdy.